Success Leaves Clues. Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. I'm your host, JJ Virgin, founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor Team. Each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. If you happen to be at 2018, or maybe it was 2019 Mindshare Leadership Summit, we had Shalene Johnson on and she crushed it. People loved her. And so I'm excited to have her as our guest today at the Health Business Growth Show because she dropped so many pearls. You probably know her from all the late night infomercials. She actually has started more exercise videos than anyone else. She has the Guinness Book of World Records for that. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author. She's the host of two hit YouTube podcasts, The Shalene Show and The Build Your Tribe Show, which has over 90 million downloads. Holy smokes. What's super interesting is that she is always just led with integrity and courage. Like she stepped out of doing exercise videos when she realized that she just felt like the direction wasn't healthy for her and for the women that she was teaching. She has been in business with her husband of 29 years, and they're the founders of Phase It Up, which is a healthy lifestyle and fitness program dedicated to the women over 40. How much do we love that? And she also has a business with her son, which we'll also be sharing about. She has been all over the place. ABC, NBC, Fox, Good Morning America, Inside Edition, New York Post, Daily Mail, Forbes, The Kelly Ripa Show, Success, Entrepreneur Magazine, all sorts of things. She's been uh, listed as one of the top 50 female entrepreneurs to watch. And again, we will be back today really unpacking both her journey, what you can learn from that, and then where things are now, what's going on in the social media world, how you can nail that and really build a business from it. And then she has an amazing giveaway that you'll be able to get at our health business growth notes. So go check that. She is giving away how you do Instagram stories to build your business. You're going to get that free. So again, check the notes and I'll be right back. Wherever you are in your health business building journey, well, maybe you're just dialing in your transformational offer or adding a new income stream or scaling to seven figures and beyond. We all have one need in common, an audience. And that's why the theme for this year's Health Business Growth Virtual Conference is how to build a large, loyal audience. Hi, I'm JJ Virgin, founder of the Mindshare Collaborative and one of the hosts of this year's conference. I'll be joined by expert instructors and your peers who will be sharing exactly what they've done to attract, engage, and nurture their audience so that they become long-term loyal clients. There is a success path, and we will be walking you through it so that you can leave with a custom plan that you can put into action on Monday. We call it the Mindshare Audience Ascension Matrix, and we will be walking through the seven steps and sharing the best online and offline strategies, literally what is working right now to take the guesswork out of list building. You'll learn how to grow and nurture the most important asset in your business and a simple ninja strategy 
that you can do to get your audience to raise their hand and say yes to what you have to offer. This three-day event is happening March 15th through 17th. Get a group of your peers together and participate and be sure to join us for bonus networking sessions designed to help you find your perfect collaborative partners. One of the top strategies, by the way, that I use to build my multi-million dollar health business. So go ahead, grab your virtual seat. There's no risk. We offer a money-back guarantee. Grab your ticket today for the Health Business Growth Conference by visiting ms365.io forward slash hbgc24 for 24. I'll repeat that. It's ms365.io forward slash hbgc24. See you there. I am super excited to kind of unpack what happened at the Mindshare Leadership Summit for people that didn't get to see it. Because we had you live on stage. Yes. First of all, you got everyone dancing, which (laughs) I love so much. It was so hilarious. You're an amazing speaker. But what was incredible there was how you took us through this journey. Because, you know, so often people go, oh, Shaleen Johnson, the world record holder of exercise videos, has created this amazing brand and this amazing audience. And you had like this crazy entrepreneurial journey. Like no one would have thought way back when and they would have gone, I know what she's going to become. That's true. Right? I think it's probably true for so many of us, right? When it's like, Someone's on your radar. You only know them for that thing. Right. You don't but think they was done all these other things before. Exactly. They got the lucky stick. Yeah. So take us back. First of all, I never expected I would be in health and fitness. That's for sure. I always told everyone I was going to be an attorney, wanted to be a lawyer all my life, was raised by an entrepreneur. So I didn't know that we grew up without much money. I just knew that my dad would say anything I wanted. He would say, well, let's find a way for you to make the money to buy it, you know? And and that was like, okay. You know, I, that's that was the normal. best training for a kid. Those think about it. Sure. Like that's the greatest thing ever. The second greatest thing about my dad is he has extreme ADHD. So it was kind of cool to be raised by someone who always had different ideas, always starting a million different businesses and always encouraged us to do the same. And so when I told my parents I wanted to go to college, dad said, same thing, like, that's great. Let's come up with a way for you to you know, make enough money to be able to pay for it. And I'm like, okay. His idea was I had a couple hundred dollars. I was 15 years old and he took me to the state auction in Michigan. State of Michigan, their Department of Transportation, they would have an auction where they would sell off the vehicles that were used in construction, et cetera. And I bought a vehicle from the state of Michigan. It was all Michigan state-owned vehicles that were orange. So I bought an orange El Camino. And then I spent $99 having it painted black, had the back end jacked up, cleaned it up and sold it and made a couple thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. And that was never would have thought of doing that. I didn't have my license and I'm making money. So I started flipping cars to make enough money to pay for college. And then when I was at Michigan State, I was still flipping cars. I'm, you know, 19, 20 years old and driving with a purse in a miniskirt to the worst part of Detroit to, you know, make a cash exchange for a vehicle late at night and going like, this is not safe. I, sh- I don't, this is not convenient. It's not safe. There's got to be a better way. This is taking too much time. I'm a student. Like I don't have time to keep doing this. So I came up with this idea to bring all the people who were in the market to buy a used car from a private owner together with all the private owners, private sellers who wanted to sell to somebody. And so I rented a piece of land from the state of Michigan and started a business called the All Michigan Auto Swap Meet. And uh, I would just take a percentage 
and then an entry fee for them to come in and park their cars there. And I did all the advertising. Yeah. And my husband at the time was a football player at Michigan State. So I had all of his friends, all of his buddies would come and they would help work the lot if they were available that day. It was a cool business. I sold it when- I was just going to ask if you sold that. Yeah, I sold sold the business. How Uh, old were you when you sold that? Like 21. Like that's, I've never heard that story before. So so impressive. Brenda always says, you were, you're CarMax before CarMax. So then we moved to Southern California and I started working as a paralegal. And what made you move to Southern California? Who wants to live in Michigan? My husband was from uh, Southern California. Yeah, he was a quarterback at UCLA, came to play football at Michigan State. Uh, No, he was a quarterback at UCLA. That's my alma mater. Yeah. He's the youngest starting freshman quarterback. So awesome. Um, And I didn't know anything about football then. But anyway, so he wanted to move back to California. I'm like, sounds good to me. So we moved back to California and I started taking the LSAT again to try to get a higher score to get into law school where he has a paralegal and teaching fitness classes for fun and to help maintain my weight. The style of a workout that I developed started to become like really popular. It was like, what was it? It was a mix of hip hop and kickboxing and sound effects. And it was was like, I don't know if you've ever watched the ESPN cheer competitions. Uh -uh. You've never seen the ESPN cheer competitions. Where like when they do an air jet and it's like, they put in sound effects. It's so, and you feel so powerful. So I would watch these ESPN cheer competitions. I was never a cheerleader. And I was like, I want a sound effect. When I do an air jet, I want to. So I started learning how to um, mix the music. And I mixed all the music and I would put sound effects in. When you did a plunge, it was like. And you just felt so much tougher. And so I, DJ CJ, you've got all these initials after your name. My only initial after my name is DJ. So I started mixing this music and putting together these funky, weird routines, but it was really the music that was driving them. And they became super popular. And then I had like, you know, I have a hundred people on a wait list to take my class. And I'm like, this has got, this has got to be something like all these other instructors. You don't make any money teaching fitness classes, none. Right. And all these other instructors were like, like me spending so much money on their music music. and the clothes. (laughs) And, and I'm like, I, I can sell them these workouts like jazzercise. My mom had been a jazzercise instructor. No kidding. Yeah. This is so funny. And I'm like, dude, this could be like the cool version of jazzercise. I know that model. My mom was addicted. So then I I basically looked at her business model and started creating these these routines and music and figured out music licensing and and then the classes were so popular. A lot of this was timing because it was when Tai Bo was number one on TV. Mm. And every gym wanted Tai Bo classes. So I was able to go to all these gyms and say, I've got it for you. Yeah, here you go. It's all mixed. And, what and, was it called? Uh, Turbo Kick. We were in thousands of health clubs, every single 24-hour fitness, 60 different countries, um, eventually, we certified 60,000 fitness instructors in this form of... Now you say we, who, who is... Always myself and my husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we've always been... But I, I didn't know this part. Oh. You did not know oh, yeah. this thing. Yeah. So, and it was, you know, the early... Sorry, the late 90s. It started to... It just became like this wild trend. Like, So I would create the choreography and the music and ship it out to thousands and thousands and thousands of instructors around the globe. They got an, on a continuity program, just like Jazzercise. So, so every month they would pay their $50. And what was great is the instructors got to plug themselves in and their classes were packed, but their classes didn't know me. They nice. just knew their instructor. 
So they were rock stars and their members would lose all this weight. Emails knew we're talking like way back. And they would email me these pictures of their students before and afters. They would be like 100 pound weight loss. And that so inspired me that I would print them out. And I had this uh, binder that eventually grew to be about this big um, of all their before and after photos. And it just really inspired me. And it became this like culture, this this family, this vibe thing. And we developed a style. It's so cheesy now. It's like, I'm a me. Like literally, I am a meme. It's so embarrassing. But like we had the way we dressed, we would wear like our trucker caps kind of turned sideways, like Paris Hilton, 90s, you know, kind of thing. Von Dutch. And I had all these like studded belts and chains that I had manufactured. So then we made a fitness apparel line called Turbo Wear. And we had these big fitness. I'm going to give you B-roll for this because we had these amazing fashion shows that would have like thousands of people show up and they would buy online and we would launch it at these big fitness conventions. And we had these, you know, huge events that were called Camp Turbo, Camp Do More. And it just was just the most fun experience ever. And at a certain point, I started getting contacted by infomercial companies. Yeah. And so how long was that going on before? At the height of it, it was probably six or seven years before I started getting contacted by, yeah, probably six or seven years, uh, started getting contacted by in, infomercial companies, all of them, you know. Right. They were all, at that point, remember Windsor Pilates? Yep. And oh, Costa yeah, Brinkley yeah. and... Oops. Oh, I actually have one, though. Yeah, yeah. Nordic. You know what I'm talking about? No, no, it's a sliding thing. Yeah. That thing, yeah. And Tybo, all those, all those companies were reaching out to us, and I'm like, I need to get a really good agent because I don't know what I'm doing. First of all, I called this agent who had been Tony Robbins' agent. Searched him out. This is the guy I want to go with. And he did not want to see me. He was like, <laughs> everybody thinks they have this amazing new workout. I'm just going to tell you this right now. You don't. And you're probably not going to get an infomercial deal. Wow. But I'll see you. And I'm like, oh, I love this attitude. So I walked in with my folder and I put my folder down. He went like this. Does anyone else know you have this? I'm like, um, I don't think so. He's like, oh, this that was all the testimonial. Every single, he's like, this will save an infomercial company a minimum of $1 million. Because they usually, infomercial companies, what they do is they're like, okay, we've got this idea. Yeah, now we have to do the yeah, test all that. Mm-hmm. program. We have to do the uh, test programs where they, you know, they take the before and after photos. They put people on a diet and then they take the after photos and it takes a full year. And I already had all the people. Oh my gosh. So we had our pick of infomercial companies, which was really pretty fun. Yeah. Guthy Ranker was... One, uh, it was it was between Guthy Reaper and Beachbody at the time. So Guthy made me a bigger offer, and they were more established, more rapid, but much bigger company. Beachbody was brand new, and in fact, the guys at Beachbody had been at Guthy Ranker and had left and started Beachbody. So I met with both companies, and Guthy, no offense, I just felt like, oh, I'm going to get chewed up and spit out, and they're going to test this one weekend, and they're already trying to make it something it's not. Mm. They were like, can you blend Pilates with it? I'm like, it's kickboxing. Why? <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> and then when I met with the guys at Beachbody, I'll never forget, Carl Dykler was like, I love the sound effects. And to me, that was like, he got it. He got it. Mm-hmm. And so I signed with them, and it was um, number one infomercial for months and months and months in 2005 we sold you know in total i've done four number one infomercials with them we sold tens of millions of exercise dvds yeah and i remember one i think you brought it i think you brought this over to mindshare where you showed that i think it was for where it was failing Mm -hmm. 
like, because this is such yeah. a clear sign, I think, with all these industries, you've got to be evolving mm -hmm. with them. And that there was a clear way to do it, that everyone did it, and they didn't want to take risks, and but it wasn't working anymore. Yeah. You know, we were trying to get the show that I knew when they would love this workout. It's called Pio. It's a mix of Pilates and yoga. But I always say it's like, it's like mind body for people who are hyper. So I'm like, I know this is going to, this is going to crush because it was really popular in the gyms when I owned that brand. Um, so when we took it to the consumers, we just kept testing it and, and, you know, Beachbody was super, um, supportive and they just kept testing it for a full year and four months and it just flatlined into the ground. And I told them from the start, I'm like, the show, the infomercial is so cheesy. And you're talking to me, you're talking to my girl. And she's not, if this is so cheesy, a, an audience full of people pretending to clap at like a, a studio setting, like the, none of this makes sense. And why am I dressed up in the infomercial? And like, let me make the infomercial. Now, usually in the past, we had hired, um, I can't think of her name now, super celebrity to be the host of it. And they spent millions of dollars to produce this infomercial. And I'm like, Carl, just give, give me a month and I will only use my iPhone. I don't need any funding. Let me just create the message I want to give to her on my iPhone. And he goes, okay, I love that. He goes, you like a, like a bulldozer. You know, I'm a little afraid. I want to put subs with warning skulls so you don't kill anybody, but like, let's go for it. So I, I did. I created a video. I created the infomercial on my iPhone, like talking direct to camera. And I didn't script it. I talked to her the same way I would FaceTime with a girlfriend. Like, okay, girlfriend, I know you're so annoyed and, and yoga seems like for granolas. And, you know, I just talked to her like that. And it, the first weekend we tested it, it was right then. When I saw this, when you showed this at Mindshare, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> it's so good. I kept all the bloopers in. I, I made it really it's hilarious. Goofy. You're like in your shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's so good. First of all, because everyone wants to see, you know, it's, oh, that's her kitchen. Yeah. Oh, that's her bathroom. Yeah. You know, so there was that. And we don't like perfect. And, and you yeah. know, like even when I look at my social media content, I just did this. I went and looked back at the most popular posts I did for the last year. And I'm like, there's so many that put so much time and effort in and research and they're great. Gosh, it's so valuable. You should mm -hmm. share it. Every single one of them. It's funny, 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 funny. It, it, and none of them relate to any of my businesses. It, it's addictive to watch your social media. And I'm not a social media person. I don't really do it. I love it. to look at yours because Thanks. I'm like, what is she doing? What is she doing? Like these ADHD posts that you do. And then you did the posts about your father-in-law and his, and his Alzheimer's. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then you're doing these ones in a bikini. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. they're so fantastic. I look at you as such an innovator with social media that you, you seem to know what's going on all the time. But you also seem to be setting the trends. Hmm. Like, how are you doing that? Yeah. Well, that's the, I appreciate that. Well, I first want to say, don't do what I do. And by that, I mean, I don't, I haven't been great about niching down. And because I teach social media, it's really important that I say that. So anyone who's watching but you're us, also big. So well, once thank you're you. bigger, you don't have to worry about it. But if you're getting started, I'm sure that's why you're teaching that's us. Right. You have to find you for something. That's right. I would say until people know your name, you have to narrow your aim. You just have to. So great. Yeah. You got it again. Until people know your name, you have to narrow your aim. You have to, even though it's so hard because you're like, oh, but I could talk about this and I could yeah. talk about that. It's really hard. It's the hardest thing in the world. But if you do that, you'll get there so much faster. People will know your name. Yes. Once you, people know your name, then you can broaden your base. But I will say this very transparently. 
when I'm not niche and I'm all over the place, I don't grow my following. My existing followers really engage, but I don't grow new followers. Mm. So it's really true, even whether you're new or you're established, if you are not niche down, you're not going to attract new people. Because today we're so stingy with our followers, we don't want to follow anyone new. So we see a piece of content and we go like, oh, this is really good. She's she's doing a DIY make shit, like how to DIY your kitchen. This is really good. So then you go and you look at her profile. And if there's a post about her dog and a post of her in a bikini and a post about ADHD, you're like, I'm not following. I'm looking for DIY. Got it. Yeah. So we, we really go and look at a page and we're like, is there more of what I want? And if there isn't, you don't follow, whether they've got a big following or not. So it's still true that you need to narrow your interest it's in with everything like i know with podcasters very specific things i want and then when that podcast goes, goes rogue yeah i'm like wait a minute you were doing all this stuff on yeah. metabolism then you went rogue and did something over here on how to have the best business and yeah. I'm like, i don't understand <laughs> and now listen can i ask you are there sometimes things where you do that you go rogue and you're like i don't care i'm interested in it i want to talk about it so i stopped doing that mm. So in this show, Health Business Growth Show, it's fun because it's anything related to marketing, growing your your health business. Yeah. And I love everything related to marketing and growing your health business. Yeah. I love it. So yes. this is super fun. We don't go outside of that because people are coming for this. Yeah. In my Well Beyond 40, for years I would dabble around. Which is such a great name, by the way. I didn't think of it. My team came up with that. And, I went, and here's an important thing. The minute we switched from whatever it was before. I had so many names. Yeah. And I think we'd gone back to the JJ Virgin lifestyle show. I don't remember what we had asked the health expert. Then we did that. The minute we did well beyond 40, it doubled. Wow. Yeah. As people did. knew what it was. Yeah. I used to do a lot of favors for people. They're like, oh, I want to be into podcast. Well, I don't do that. Because okay. it doesn't help them. Yep. And it right. doesn't help me. Right. It doesn't help me. Right. Because I know people are coming, like, especially right now. It's like, why would you come and listen to this podcast that will be on 40? You're a woman who's probably 50 plus because you're, well, you're not just well beyond 40. So double entendre. So, and you're looking for like, how do I age properly? Yeah. And so what do I need in terms of all the lifestyle strategies, all the health? And so if something's rogue, it doesn't. Work. It doesn't yeah. work. They don't yeah. like it. Yeah. And we've yeah, now yeah. monitored our metrics. We, we monitor every single thing. And even if we do stuff like dentistry that I thought would be interesting, you know, yeah. it's like, or, or eyes. Nope. They don't go well. Right. They don't. They don't. Yes. Yes. They want to, you know, so I was like, the YouTube metrics are fascinating. They tell you everything. Oh. So if you look at all your metrics, it's gold. Gold. It's gold. gold. You have to look at these, mm-hmm. right? You so, know what you're looking at, too. Yes. So fortunately, my YouTube and podcast people show me. Yeah. So yeah, they show me what, like, we now know every single thing and what they're watching and what they care about. And so that's where I focus on. And I just, again, you're not doing anyone a favor by having them on your channel. That's right. If your channel doesn't care. Right. But like, it didn't help them. It didn't yeah. help you. Yeah. That's interesting. I, um, I think YouTube is a little different beast than Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, and I always tell people one of the easiest things, like a mindset you can have around social media is to just ask yourself, what are you sick of? What do you find annoying? What do you think is dumb? What do you think is interesting? What grabs your attention? Pay attention to that. Don't worry about the trends, like, you know, like the pointing reels and the song thing. Like the second that was annoying, I stopped doing it because I'm like, other people find this annoying too. What, what What stops me in my dress? What do I enjoy? I also think that TikTok is 
about six months to a year ahead of the trends. So Instagram, whatever's happening on TikTok now will happen on Instagram mm-hmm. like a year from now. So it's a, it's a good way to like have a crystal ball. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So you, do you do different things on TikTok mm-hmm. than you're doing? On- so here's my strategy. Repurposing podcasts doesn't do so well for me. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but what I, what does well is I'll go, I have my team, they'll go, okay, so Shaleen, in this video, you talked about natural ways to support your hormones. And these are five different like subjects or topics that you covered. And in the riff on one of those five. And so then without bullets, I will open up TikTok and just riff for like three minutes on that. TikTok wants long form now. Interesting. Long form for TikTok is three to 10. Wow. Yeah. And they don't want any edits and they want you to film it in the app and they don't want any cuts. They don't want any jump cuts. They don't, it needs to feel very freaking real. Like if I feel like you're reading from a teleprompter or bullet points or anything, like you're, you're thinking about your breath, any of that, it just doesn't. But if it's real, it freaking kills. So then, but that's not working on Instagram. So then my team takes that and they chop it up to make it look oh like God. a reel where there's you know, not a breath and there's these jump cuts and graphics and all that stuff. Then they take, if let's say I, I risked for say three minutes, they'll take the key points and turn those into a carousel. So it's a trick on that, right? So I've created one piece of content on TikTok and then they're turning that into a reel. And then they're taking those concepts and turning that into a carousel of, you know, five different or 10, however many. And then I'll take one of those and turn it into like a quote card or like a, a tweet. Are you doing X as well? Not in any strategic way. I'll just use it to put a quote out there. So your focus is Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. 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 And are you able to repurpose any of your YouTube content? We just started doing uh, shorts. And a little bit of this is just bandwidth. Like, do I have the right people in place? Right? So I know there's a lot of things we need to do, but do I have the right people in place? Because if we don't, then I'll start doing it. And that's not a good thing. We do cut up those podcasts and use them for promotions on stories. I'm not a big fan of seeing that repurposed content on Instagram, on my page. So I will look at it with the editor's chop up. And I know, I just know she's not going to like this or she is going to like it. I think I know usually. And um, so we are doing that and using that to really grow YouTube channel by using many chat triggers. Wait, explain that. So there's a, a third party tool you can use on Instagram. It, the company's called ManyChat. Right. And it is approved API. They're in partnership How with Meta. How are you Meta. using it for YouTube? For example, I will share a repurposed clip. Oh, you'll show it on ManyChat on Instagram. We'll send them over to YouTube? Yes. So I'll uh, say, you know, if you want the playlist. Mm-hmm. So instead of sending them directly to the video, I'm sending them to a playlist or I'm just sending them to YouTube and then they search. Oh, even better. Yeah. Explain so, why that's better for everybody. Well, I didn't know, but you know, uh, Liz is mm-hmm. amazing at giving us advice. And she's it's like, you know, Liz Germain, our YouTube specialist. Yes, we love Liz, or YouTube scientist. She said, you know, like if you're just sending them directly to the video, YouTube knows you're sending them and where you, who you send and where you send them from. But if people are searching for you, that does really wonders for your um, yeah. uh, content to be shown to them by YouTube. So that's what we do is I, I will send them to YouTube and they're like, wait, where's the hormone video? I'll type in Shaleen Johnson hormone. This is so good. This yeah. is the same for Amazon, by the way. When someone 
wants you to buy their book on Amazon, if you instead of sending them a link, have them search, yes. then Amazon will start popping you into ah, the searches that's too. So bad. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I've um, started realizing is the importance of using ManyChat and all of our social media platforms to grow our email list. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, I've always- Our land. What that? Our land. Yes. I mean, to our land. 80% of my content, I'm, the purpose is how can I get them to a place where I can communicate with them yeah. directly? So you said something and you kept doing it and you don't even know you're doing it, which is the most amazing, great, cool thing about it. You, you talk about her. You so clearly know your audience. And one of the things that you've done is built this just amazing community. And I love you just like, how did you think through this? Mm. Because you're so clear. Oh, she won't like that. The only way I know her is by being in my DMs. First of all, I am her. Like, I think it's really important that we create communities of which we are a part. I don't ever want to be seen as the guru. I'll be the Sherpa with the flashlight. I'll be like, hey, you guys, I've collected all this information. Here's the experts. But I need to be her. I mean, I am her. So I have to re- have to stay in touch with her. And I just said this recently to my team. I'm like, we are so fortunate to have this community because they tell us everything. They tell us what they're struggling with. They tell us the language they're using, what the words are. They, they speak the truth. They tell us how to price things. They tell us what they're missing. They tell us what they do like, what they don't like. It is a gift. Oh my God. The fact that I started- in gold. Right? When I yeah. started my business, my business is like you- there was no social media. Right. I handed out flyers in parking lots. <laughs> there was no way to read that space with anybody. Like I, I paid for ads. Now you can actually talk to potential customers and figure out why they're not yet a customer. Yeah. You know, it's, it's remarkable. I yeah, love it. It's fantastic. And you've built a huge audience. It's always important, I think, to focus on like going deep with them. And yeah. it's easy to like look at what everyone else and like, oh, this person has a million followers and that person has a million followers. But the thing I see differently, and I, this is such a shout out because, and I was just talking to Colleen from Mind Body Green about this earlier today is, you know, when you look at what can go viral on social, she was saying 80% of the biggest shares are people that are angry, you know, mm-hmm. and she goes, and they made a decision, Mind Body Green, never to behave that way, to, to be high vibe. Mm-hmm. And so I'll see people with big followings and you read the comments and it's, the grossest street fighting of comments. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll look over on your comments and it's like, go oh, girl, you know, it's like when you did the bikini post, I'm like, <laughs> I love this so much. Oh my gosh. You know, my hero. But it was like, everything comes from a point of let's be inspiring. How can we shift the conversation, right? And then people, the comments are so fantastic. They're really a great community. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think you have to train your people how, what gets your attention. And so you'll never hear me say haters or anything like that because then you're just giving people attention. Yeah. And I really think that you have to keep showing up with the same integrity over and over and over again. It's why I am very, very particular about curating any partnership that I have. You know, there's partners we drop just because I've heard from so many members of my community that their customer service sucked. And even though it was a big paycheck for me, I'm like, then that makes me look like I suck. Then I would align with a company whose customer service sucks. So I'm dropping now. Like if you can't take care of my girls, then I, I don't want to align. Right. And because of that, they are very, very active. Like it's insane the way they buy things because they trust me. And that's a heavy burden. And it's a really, really important thing for me to always remember. So I never, I'm just very slow to partner 
with anyone. I, I want to test the thing. I want to be honest about the thing. I want to make sure there's not a better thing out there. Mm-hmm. And, and I always want to give people options too. Like, you know, there's not just this, there's others. So I think it's being transparent, honest with your audience. And I think a big piece of that I learned from training I did at QVC, you know, go on the air at QVC, and this helps in sales in general. Even if you're a used sales car woman, they, <laughs> they still make you go to QVC school to, to learn how to sell your product to yep. their girl. I went to home shopping. So you know. Yep. <laughs> when I went to, what, five minutes to sell this certain amount. And, <laughs> and the whole time they're showing a ticker of how many sales you're getting per minute. And at QVC, Not I can't remember what it was, but like if you were, I'm just going to make up a number, something like $10,000 per minute. They were, they yank your, you're off before your time. So anyways, um, but what they teach you there is that you need to do the over the fence anti-sell. And I'm like, what is that? And the way our teacher described it to us was you want to speak to your audience the same way you would your best friend. And your best friend, you're going to say over the fence, your neighbors, and you're going to say, I love my new car, but it is a gas guzzler. Like I, I know it's beautiful and it, the seats are so nice and it's it's such a smooth ride, but I cannot believe how the thing guzzles gas. But other than that, I love it. So that's, you're almost saying like, here's the thing I don't love. And it mm-hmm. immediately makes people trust you when you're mm-hmm. honest. I think a lot of people, they say, everything's great. I'm obsessed with everything. I love every product. Like, really? I don't believe you. Like, the key yeah. 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 All right. There's one other thing I'd love to address and shift gears a little bit. Because okay. Tim just became CEO of my share. Mm-hmm. How has it been working with your husband? Any pointers? Because this comes up now that I've been doing it. You're like, tell us about it. What do we need to know? How do we do Interesting. it? Because I just said to someone go, I fired my husband. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's a husband though, right? As a- oh, this is so fascinating, girl. We can talk about this for so long. So right now I am doing a deep dive on the what happened to the Hollis relationship, Dave and Rachel Hollis. Oh, uh-huh. And, you know, he was working in corporate and became the CEO my husband was also working in a job, had never been an entrepreneur, and his parents were very much like, this is so unsafe and so unstable. Where are the benefits? Right. Become a teacher. And I begged him to come and work with me. And I'll say that, you know, today we've been married for 29 years and we've been in business together for, I think, 27 years. And in the beginning, it was really, really horrible, really, really rough because I didn't, it was such a weird power dynamic. He was stepping into a business that was very female oriented. Not, he knew nothing about fitness. He knew nothing about music and choreography and clothing and girls and you know all these things. We knew a little about girls. Yeah, a yeah. lot about girls, too much. <laughs> and he was always had been the quarterback, the leader, the guy that everyone looked Boy. to. Yeah. So there was a really challenging power shift between us that we didn't know how to navigate. And it caused a lot of problems in our relationship. We went to therapy. And in therapy, we learned how to speak to each other. I learned things I was saying to him that were demeaning and I didn't realize it. You know, he learned how to have a voice and how to not have to like prove himself, you know, and to be less masculine. And we learned how to communicate with each other. And we also learned how to respect each other's roles and not set each other up for failure. So I would ask him like, hey, can you do? And I would, because I had all these things on my plate and I was just giving him things that I didn't have the time to do, but he had no skill set there. So I was setting up for failure as opposed to saying like, there's all these things that are within his wheelhouse that he should be doing that I'm not doing. And so once we separated lanes and went to therapy and learned how to talk about it, it was the, it has been the most 
enjoyable, beautiful, wonderful thing. And not every couple can have that. We're really, really lucky that we don't have egos with each other. We're both really willing to go to therapy and work on ourselves when things don't go right. We both get excited about the same that we ne- we just have rules and boundaries with each other. And I think that's really important that you never, ever disrespect your partner, even if you're not intentionally doing it. Like you have to be so careful yeah. in those settings. And it's really, it can be uncomfortable for employees. Like when we weren't doing it well, I'm sure our, our, oh, parents, so our, our employees were like, oh, mom and dad are fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so awkward. It's funny. Tim did something, the mastermind retreat the other night where people thought he was mad at me. He was totally joking. And they, and they thought, I was like, that was like, he's yeah. totally joking. I've yeah. gotten like three arguments our entire, our entire time together and she didn't matter and one was over in yeah. minutes. Like, I think titles are interesting, right? Like, do we need a title when there's a lot of ego involved? And one person feels threatened or doesn't feel respected, that's a problem. So you have to have mutual respect for each other. You have to have boundaries and you have to really be great communicators with your staff because you and Tim are opposites in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. But you're also similar in many ways. And people assume because you're in business together that you've talked through ideas and decisions and everything but maybe you haven't. He's got his own take on something. And then you go, your team will say like, okay, JJ, should we do X, Y, or Z? And you say, do Z. And meanwhile, Tim said, do X. Yes. And it's not that you haven't communicated. It's like, well, you went to one person and we have different perspectives. So we always tell our staff, you might get different answers from both of us. Your job is to tell us, bring us together and say, hey, Shalene told me this and Brett told me that. Which, which way do you want me to go? Because it's usually just, we haven't hashed it up between the two of us. Each one of us has a different take on something. And it's important to tell your staff that otherwise they feel conflicted. Right. And they're like, do I listen to JJ or do I listen to Tim? It's like, no, no, listen to both of us. And when this happens, just check in with both of us and we'll get on the same page for you. And on the other hand, if you didn't like the question, the answer you got from me, don't go ask Tim. Amen. There's the other side. I'm like, wait, you already asked this question. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point because that can really undermine your staff's confidence and who is the ultimate. I'll tell you one other thing I've been doing with that is I am really working through right now going, this is actually not a question for me. It's a question for mm-hmm. Tim or it's a question for so-and-so. Oh, yeah. So I just don't I don't answer them. Yep. I'm like, not mine. You have to be really clear with your staff and clear with each other. We had boundaries and we still do because um, there are times where we could both get excited and talk about business on date night. Yeah, And we're both excited about it. And there's other times where it's like, I don't want to talk. And so, but I want to hurt your feelings because you're really excited about it. So we have code words. We would, he'll, he'll call me Smalls and I call him Handsome. I'll go, well, that is really interesting, Handsome. And he <laughs> just knows like, oh, she's not in the mood to talk about this, you know? Yeah. It's understanding each other's strengths too and weaknesses and respecting it. Just mm-hmm. and praise. You just have to honor and praise, I think is really important because at the end of the day, if you're in a partnership with your life partner, you have to ask yourself, what's more important? our business or our life partnership. Some hmm. people, I think there's a lot of people out there who are, it's like, it's, it works for the business, you know? Mm. Well, we're lucky then. Yeah. Because we have, we have it all. Do you think that anyone can make it work? No. I don't either. Mm-mm. You've got to, I think the reason that it works so well for us is we have complementary skill sets. Yeah. And that we don't have, like I've seen in business too often, um, Dan Sullivan taught me this, Dan and Babs. Do you know who they are? Oops. So, Dan is front of the house and Babs is back of the house. Mm-hmm. 
And once I got that, I go, oh, that yeah. makes so much sense. You've got to have the person. And Babs can stand up and talk if she needs sure. But that's not her role. Yeah. Her role is to make all that stuff operate. You know, and, it, and they say, you know, there's people that make it up and there's people that make it real and people that make it reoccur. Um, so Dan's at the front making it up. And Babs is over there making oh, I it up. I love that. I need to write that down. And then you've got the people working for you. And this is this was one of the most important lessons I learned early on because I realized when they taught that that I had a whole bunch of make it reoccur people that I was giving my stuff out of my head. First of all, I was brainstorming it with them, which is the worst because they then think that I actually meant to go do it mm. when I was just like, oh, this would be cool, blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't brainstorm with your team. But you've got to have the person that can take that idea and make it real that then hands it to the people that can make it reoccur. They're different humans. Yes. And if you give a person yes. who's a make it real person reoccurrent tasks, they will die. Yeah. But if you give the person who's a make it reoccur, the make it real task, they'll just they don't know what to do. That's such a good point. It really speaks to putting the right people in place. In sports, they call it personnel. And Brett is really good at personnel. Oh, I'm, I'm I am too. I'm horrible. I'm I like you. Hire. I like, I like you. you. And I want you to like me. Yeah. So, so I'm going to convince you. Why don't you come work with us? i you so much money. And you don't have to do your job because yeah. I like you. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to overlook it. Oh, let's give you another chance. Oh, <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't get to do any of that. No. None of that. And not allowed to promote because I love to promote you past your capability. Absolutely. I'm really good at that. I'm right there with you, girl. And there's nothing you can do once you've done that with someone because you can't put them back where they were. No. So well, that's why I love a consultant. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, I brought one consultant in and they are like, you got to fire your whole executive team. First of all, you don't need an executive team at this level in your business. Like I'd C-suited my whole oh. thing. Era. You don't need a C-suite yeah. at this level. Yeah. So that you great that you you're a CEO and you've got a COO and a CMO and a CFO and you don't need any of those for you. Yeah. I thought that's what you did. So now it's been uh, three years that you worked together yeah. in this capacity. So he started in the pandemic. He did that one thing. So that was like 2020. And so he came in in January 2022 is when he came in full time. Okay. Junior what has been one of the biggest, okay, we had to figure that out. That wasn't smooth. Um, you know, really the only thing is, is, is like, we do not get to sit in bed at night and talk about business. Like stop that. Yeah. So we that was the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't talk to me about things before coffee. Oh, <laughs> do not talk about things at, at night. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was something I was doing where, he didn't have he didn't have any institutional knowledge about this industry. Comes in and I would throw something at him. Sounds like what you did, yeah. and he didn't know what how I was talking yeah. about, and I would get irritated. Oh like, yeah, yes, that's 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 because you're just like, overwhelmed. I'm like, like, okay, just do it. You know, yeah, he's like, going, absolutely. What's an opt-in? Yes, yeah. Oh, that's you know, great. Create. Tap the team. Go do the lead gen and the nurture sequence, and then make sure that there's a code for this. And he's like, yeah. What is this? What, right. what, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, you know, like I was getting like overwhelmed and snippy. And I know that about myself. Like if I feel overwhelmed and I, it's my biggest challenge has been finding the perfect balance, like getting on, I like to get to the edge of the cliff and then I, I go, oh, I'm sliding down yes. all the way. Yeah. So it's like, just don't quite get to the edge. Just yeah. stay away from You're just like one no, project like, away from like frying and like, like I, why life is horrible. Why did you do this? You yeah. know, just come a little down from yeah. the edge. You know, that's where I need to live, not at the edge. Yeah, it's thrilling, and you want that thrill, and that's what that's the 
ruse of being an entrepreneur is you're always like in that. Yeah. Oh, this is too thrilling. Yeah. Now like, this is, yeah, but now I feel yeah. about to crash. Yeah. So, so, and then I get irritated. Then I get like, people ask me for things and I'm like, you all need to go away. Oh, God. And I know we are like sisters. Yeah. So there you go. So I'd say that it's just learning. I've been the snippy one mm-hmm. while he's been super healing. Mm-hmm. The, the rock, he's super patient. He mm-hmm. promised me like, our husbands are very similar. Like, yeah. His care of me is like, yeah. You know, protects me, mm-hmm. guards oh, me. So. so nice. Very lucky. Yeah. I, and I think uh, people who want to be partners, um, it, it's possible. You, you probably need to do a lot of work, though. And, it, and it's you also have to recognize when it's just not working. And what you need to work is your relationship. Yeah. And so that relationship better be really strong before yeah. you ever do this. Yes. So that thing needs to be rock solid. You need to have agreements. You know, all that stuff has to happen. And you know, I'm making some big changes in some of my businesses, and I'm like, you know, I'm about to take big risks. He's like, oh, all right. I go, you're cool with that? Yes. I'm like, all right. So I I check in where, you know, I was single for years. I yeah. do whatever the heck I wanted to do. Yeah. And so there was that piece, too, of getting used to being in a relationship and going, oh, I'm about to do something that could totally change our complete financial future for the better right. or for the worse. Yeah. So I'll better tell you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's good advice. Now, you have uh, a business with your son as well. Yes. Right? That's so yeah. Cool. That's a lot easier, I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah. So we started an Instagram coaching business. It's called Insta Club Hub. Brock is really become the CEO of that business, which is really so fundamental. Awesome. Him is that. He was how old? He's uh, 26 now. Yeah. And he um, is a phenomenal leader. I mean, he was also a quarterback and just like, that guy mm-hmm. everybody likes great leader so i knew he would be a great ceo but there's a lot to learn you know because it's really hard to be a ceo yeah, when you're people school, leader. school. yeah like, you yeah. know who's brilliant i think at teaching ceo stuff and she's so young is layla Herwalsi. brilliant young woman from michigan she really is phenomenal at teaching ceo stuff i had to teach him like okay here's how you here's how you fire someone here's how you here's how you let somebody go and 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 make sure they still like you and they don't sue you. Here's how you, um, this is how we hire. This is how you find good talent. This is how we keep people excited and motivated. This is how we check in. So here's how to run a meeting. Here's how to do things so that people respect you. And they have to feel really good about themselves and how you feel about them, or they're not going to work hard for you. But you can't be such a people pleaser that they will run circles around you. Yeah. Um, so it's been fun. He's such a quick learn, and I'm so proud of what he's done with the business. And it's it's really fun to do it with him. But it's so Because we're, we're so alike that when we go live together, we do coaching, uh, yeah. live coaching, like once or twice a month for our members. And it's so great that he can finish my sentences. I can finish his. You know, it's like, it's easier even than when my husband and I go live. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so funny because my young one's this math PhD. Everyone assumes it's my ex-husband. I go, I'm the math person. Oh. Like they just make this oh. assumption oh. that I'm a woman, I'm blonde. Must have been the husband. I, no, no, I was number. Oh, I did not know the state in math. Right? Oh my goodness! In the math. Wow. So there. There you go. There you go. Killing yeah. stereotypes. When you <laughs> said um, everyone thinks it's my ex-husband, I thought that you were implying that when you were alive with your son, people think that's your ex-husband. Oh, 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 no, no, that's really weird. <laughs> what happens? I mean, all the time people would be like, "Oh, I." Uh, so this wow. is your husband. I'm like, "Wow." Hashtag Cougar. You. <laughs> You no, he's my son. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. People are interesting. So the business, how can this help our our healthcare 
Well, I'm a nurse. Yeah, but anyone who's who's, building their brain. You know, here's the thing you and I both talked about. Like, you got to get people on your email list, right? You got to get people on your email list. And so the way you get people on your email list, you have two choices. You do paid advertising or you figure out how to grow your social and drive people to your email list. And that's really what we teach at Insta Club. We teach you to like grow your social, not just so you're popular, but so it you have a purpose. Like you're sending that someplace. Amen. This is one of the things we 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 say we people come to us for two reasons. They're either successfully stuck, mm-hmm. like they cannot figure out how to get out of their fee for service trading time. And yes. They have no more hours. So what yeah. are they gonna do? Or I call them the poorly paid thought leader. <laughs> right. You know, no, like they're yes. popular. I go, yeah, but they're you not know, making, you, not didn't, you didn't do it in the thought leader way where they now come to you as an authority and then they're going to want to get on your list and become a customer. So I love that you teach that. And I love that you're going to give all of our viewers something cool because the, the, the way and where you want to do this is on your stories. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very, very natural when it's on your stories. It doesn't do well at the moment. Things could change on Instagram. That's why. This is why people need to be in your club. Huh? Yes. Because like, I'm like, how do people keep up with But them? the stories, it's it's so easy on stories if you know the template. So we give people templates that make it very easy to constantly be putting people on your email list and how you do that. Um, so I want to give them, we've got 55 story ideas and we're going to send those to your I folks and too. we'll give them a link. And, and you know, I just trying to share a variety of templates so you can go like, oh, okay, I'm a dog trainer or I'm a... A chiropractor, I may, and you can plug in your niche. The topics are broad enough. You're like, oh, oh, I see how this relates to me. And it's something you've got to get in the habit of doing every single day. Every single day. Every day. Every day. Every day you should be doing something that's driving because only less than four to seven percent of your followers are seeing your regular feed posts. It's even less than that are seeing your stories. So the chances of you you know, all of your people seeing your stuff every day is so low. It's, it's not happening. So you, you learn how to create these templates so you can repost them. Okay, I'm definitely downloading that. So we will put that in the show notes so everyone can get the story ideas. That Fun. is awesome, awesome. Thank and you. you are fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic. I love this. It's a good conversation. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash msi. That's ms365.io forward slash msi.